From is a new show on epics. Mainly, it's about a small town plagued by monsters, but there's more to it than that. The fourth episode just came out. We're here to talk about it, as well as the whole show. It's February 28th, and you're listening to today's episode. So most significantly, it reminded me of Netflix's Midnight Mass, which also came out this year. Yeah. Because there's that small town dynamic, which I mentioned in the intro, where you've got a diner, you've got like a busted old gas station, you have just some random houses everywhere. Also the Walking Dead thing, post-apocalyptic, small community of individuals having to just make by. And every night they have to go inside, shut their doors, put these talisman up, and then hope to God that these whispering humans slash demons slash ghosts slash vampires slash aliens, we don't know what they are exactly. They just take human form until they're about to kill you and and hope that they don't like bust in. Yeah, Midnight Mass I have listed here, Wayward Pines, which came out on Fox. Did you ever see that? It sounds familiar. It's like, uh, I think- Is it a vampire show? I think it's a Stephen King novel that they adapted this into This is very Stephen king but it doesn't rely on one gimmick. Usually a Stephen King thing, like The Mist, is all about The Mist, and everybody oh, and everybody just has to stay inside, and that's how you kind of avoid it. This has so many different like mysteries going on, and that's one of my pros for the show. So, yeah, what and Lost- Yeah, I, I wasn't done with my comparison. Oh, yeah, go, Lost go. was my second one. Obviously, Michael from Lost is the main character of this. He also was the main character of Z Nation for the first- <laughs> episode so it's nice not to see him killed off too fast but also the idea of like once you're in this place you can't leave hotel california yeah and there's this conversation and i think it was the last episode the fourth episode where the i watched them all at once uh (laughs) where the detective says this place what it does to you what it makes you feel like so it's got its own sentience almost and we'll we'll get into that because i have some theories on how it works. You said that you watched all four episodes at once. Was this a good show to binge watch? Yeah. 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 I would have liked to have continued binging watching it. It's just so I could get to the ending and understand what everything means. But, you know, I'm about halfway through. This yeah, I think it's going to be eight episodes. Okay. Yeah. It also reminds me of The Leftovers a lot. Less grief, more bloodiness. However, there is a lot of grief. So... You know those Walking Dead episodes that you hate because it's just talking, 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 yeah, talking? Yeah, the whole thing. <laughs> this is sort of like that sometimes, but then it mixes in some uh, twists and turns. And I learned that episode four takes like a little bit of, ra- uh, of a break from yeah, the it's monsters. Yeah, it's a breather. It's a big breather. Because the first three episodes are released all at once, and I think it was supposed to be like this big, like throwing it to the whole entire kitchen sink at it. And then Not the just that, episode. the first episode's intro, where you're really just acclimating to what the show's about, does a great one because it kind of just throws you into it. It gives you, it's like a Law and Order one where it shows mm-hmm. you the murder at the beginning but this one was legitimately creepy i was watching it late and then suddenly <laughs> i saw this really gruesome murder take place I know, I know what you're talking about jack bender who worked on this show worked on other shows also mr mercedes if you have ever heard that's of that. a stephen king book yeah i saw the first episode to it and Why? it started off the because i wanted i read the books he's worked on this he's mm-hmm. worked on this and he worked on that show and i wanted to see get kind of acclimated that's about the it. old detective and then there was like the serial killer, yeah right? it, well yeah the thing is is that it starts off kind really, of with it's really a, good reviews it's gruesome it's a gruesome first scene that that was very interesting but then it just gets like really disturbing and that's what i heard about this show it's disturbing as well but uh, maybe in a different way well remember in midnight mass 
the, a lot of the town was a little crazy. Like they were very heavy on the church, right? Mm-hmm. And in Leftovers, they have a similar thing where like because of so many people disappearing in the world, everybody kind of flocks into this community right. house living and they're very religious in, in a weird way or anti-religious, I don't know. Um, this kind of has that. It has a colony house and you get to d- decide whether or not you want to live amongst the people in the town or just all in, in, in this like commune up on the hill with this big mansion. It reminded me of in uh, Walking Dead again, Hilltop. That was it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Basically, it looks like that. But unlike the leftovers, it doesn't seem like it's a crazy house. Like the the people actually seem a little so level they seem headed. normal. Like, so far, they're they making good choices. <laughs> um, yeah, there's still a separation that exists. Like they're kind of uh, dedicated to this whole uh, your your shirt is my shirt type no, living. No. But other than that, they're not as crazy as. And then Bird Box is another important one that I would. Bird Box, really? Remember how in Bird Box you'd have these crazy individuals who were trying to break in? If you looked at the sky, yeah. No, no, no. But I mean, like, even some of them survived. Like, most of the time you just died. You killed yourself. Right, yeah. But then some of them went crazy and they, like, tricked themselves inside. That's kind of what these evil things do. They they whisper, kind of like in Lost, where, where there's the whispers out in the forest. And they come up to the doors. They knock on them. They're like, hello, it's Grandma, and stuff like that. Wait, you mean Lost or The Walking Dead? Both. In the forest, if you remember, in the, especially in the first season, like in the rain, sometimes they would hear right, whispers. Yeah, you would hear, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of how this works, but only at night, right? Mm-hmm. But Bird Box, and then finally The Walking Dead, which I mentioned. So those are all my comparisons so far. Uh, there but, was one that you didn't mention. It was Yellow Jackets that I saw some people compare it to. Is that a reach? Isolated community, things out to get you, um, survivalist show, all of that's true. But the characters, not so not, much. Okay. No, 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 no. So... Once you kind of figure out in the first scene what's going on, you have Michael ringing the bell. He's playing the sheriff. I'm going to call him Michael because that's what I'm used to calling him from Lost. But his real name in the show is Sheriff Boyd Stevens. Boyd Stevens, yeah. He's actually 58 years old in real life, the guy who plays him. He does not look it. Wait, Harold Perineo is 58 years old? He's 58 years old. Which actually tracks because it lost came out like 20 years ago. So he was playing just Yeah, the well, dad. I know that when I was doing research for him on YouTube, there was a ton of old clips from things I didn't even know he was in from like, I guess like Sons the 90s and 80s. Yeah, he was the like seasoned villain for that. And Oz. He's also worked with Jack Bender on this. People from Lost are like part of this show. I'm sure that's unsurprising to you to learn that. But also you have Hopefully people. not the writers. <laughs> oh, well, there are some people who worked on it and they want to make sure the fans to know that they have have answers for the questions that they're <laughs> that they're giving it feels and, like it yeah it feels and, like it. and you also have um it's created by john griffin he he worked on the first four episodes of the twilight zone the new one <laughs> and then uh, john who john griffin oh not john grisham <laughs> okay and then it's also produced by jeff pinker pinkner who's worked on lost alias and fringe he said something where he was like we want to bring the tone and kind of story of lost but bring it in through like a fringe filter if that makes any sense Sort of, I did feel like this was a long Twilight Zone episode um, while I was watching it. Just like with fleshed out side characters. and but, but the overall plot does center around like, are they going to get home? Yeah, right. Are they in purgatory right now? Because this has kind of been done before where it's like they can't leave. The, the, let me get into the end. Okay, okay. So first scene, we get them all going inside their houses. The sheriff's like, everybody get inside. And then like there's these, this family and uh, the dad's drunk somewhere. But like the mom and the daughter go into their house, close the door. And the daughter is stupid enough to open the window for one of the evil uh, ghosts outside. Because she believes it's someone that they know, right? Well, the ghost is like, I'm your grandma. And she's like, you don't look my, like my grandma. And she's like, well, let me in and I'll show you. And then she opens the yeah, thing right. and then it eats her. But also there was 96 days without an incident. We saw that on like a sign earlier. So the show does a good job of mixing in 
exposition dumps, which they do do with some characters, with just stuff you should inherently understand while you're watching it, if you've seen anything like this before. Mm. It does have some tropes, I'll get into that, but I'm gonna stick with the good for now, right? Yeah. The first episode is like the welcome episode. We've, we figure out what the monsters kind of are, how they avoid them, and as soon as they killed off some people in the town, your first question is like, because there's only like 100 or so people there, like how do they replenish these people? If right. it's that big of a threat, like how are people Should showing up? Just be gone so by then that point? <laughs> almost immediately, some more people show up. So we have this RV family that we're in. There's Jim, who looks like a discount Paul Rudd. You have Tabitha, his <laughs> wife, and they're going through a divorce, but we don't learn that until later. Mm-hmm. There's Julie, the younger daughter, and then there's Ethan. He's kind of like Tiny Tim. By the end of the first episode, he has a limp, so it's like completely Tiny <laughs> yeah, Tim. Right. Um, he's also sort of haunted. There's some some characters are possessed. So there's like I mentioned earlier, there's not one gimmick that it falls into. Yes, they're all trying to avoid these monsters. Yes, they're all trying to get out of town. But what are the monsters, right? right? Why do they knock on the doors? Why can't they just straight up enter through the talisman? Like it sounds like vampires. Yeah, a little point. bit, but they don't drink people's blood. They just murder them and play with their food. Uh, they walk. They don't run like on purpose. Uh-huh. And the guy talks about it, the Kenny guy, who they give a lot of background to because his dad dies. His dad had dementia in the second episode. But he was talking about how much they used to love to play chess and how these monsters sort of work in that way because they're just cornering you. They're not afraid to take their time with it because <laughs> because they're just going to wait until you screw up. I could see how that would be scary. But also it is super scary from the logistical standpoint of it. I feel like at some point running would help these monsters. Like if they really wanted to you do it. You can run and hide from them, but it doesn't usually work out for you. And then also, if you don't have the talisman, they just break in like completely Please. through the house. So so that's very important. You can't just like barricade yourself. Mm. Uh, so you get the survivalist story at the same time as it being a monster story. You also have the colonists who final girls style drive out of the town because they don't. Originally, they just think that they they got lost on the road. Right. They see a broken down tree. They turn a corner and then suddenly they're in the town. The colonists know exactly what to expect when they see a new car show up. They know that that person's going to be like, take me to the highway, take me to the highway. So that's what happens when the RV comes and then they just keep on driving in circles mm. unintentionally <laughs> so and then they just end up back in the in the place that always seems to be a horror thing whenever yes. they're stuck in a place like it, no matter how hard you try to get out you're just gonna end it's up not completely original but because of that added to the monster story added to the survivalist aspect added to the fact that the colonists aren't exactly sure why they're getting trapped yet and then you don't know where they are because every single person didn't get lost in nevada right every yeah, every right. person was just driving on their own road trip and then suddenly, from all points of the so U.S., you, you could be like, you they could started be like, making a map of it to you try could be to like figure in Utah, out. And yes, then it ends up that yeah, okay, so yeah, that one, wow. So <laughs> different peoples from different plates. Like the RV was from Arizona, and uh, yeah. So once the RV fi- finally like goes around five times, and then you think, okay, well they're going to stop at this time and explain what's going on. Right. The RV gets another car on the road, and that car has like a drunk driver or someone who's high, and they like reams off the road the rv collapses and you get this whole family and you're like are they going to survive it's (laughs) getting close to night yeah i mean but it's getting close to night that's the real scary part because then those monsters are going to come out of the woods it's like minecraft (laughs) minecraft and all the monsters come out during that that night so that was all in the first episode a great welcome kind of it's throwing you into the storyline it was like okay well this is good Mm -hmm. from then on out though it doesn't ramp up it more just like sets up 
I can feel it setting up for a big old climax. Every episode ends with a cliffhanger. You have a lot of backstory discussed in the second episode. You get a sense that every resident has their own story. So they quickly develop. You do have some extras that are showing up in the background. I wonder if they're going to keep those. So that's also another lost-ish. And then in the third episode, Frank, the guy whose uh, daughter and wife died in the first episode, is sentenced to have to stay in this box and basically just kill himself because he he doesn't have the talisman and uh this was like a threat the community was like we're going to punish whoever doesn't abide by the rules right yeah and then and then the sheriff obviously has moral constraints about it. He was like, I always just meant this to be a deterrent. It wasn't actually supposed to be implemented ever. And Frank's like, no, 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 no. I want to see my daughter. And so we see him get murdered. And so then basically the RV family, yes. And then the RV family is kind of uh, integrating into the society. And so you have those uh, Jim, Tabitha, and Ethan all decide to go live in the home of Frank and his daughter mm-hmm. where they used to live. But then Julie breaks away and she's like, no, I want to live in the commune. So... <laughs> That's also a leftovers plot because that sort of happens to the main character. Do they, say what Jim is? Do they say what Jim's occupation is in the show? He's an architect or something, I think, or like engineer. He said in order to get into character of being an engineer, he called up his uncle who was a rocket scientist and like spoke to him and that's how he was kind of in character. So yeah, he's an engineer. The thing I noticed though was about the deaths. In the first few episodes, we got five deaths mm-hmm. and we also had five people show up. Oh, okay. So it might so be like. So I was like, thinking, uh, like the town has again that sentience. It knows what it's doing. They chickens and cows just show up there. They even point that out because there's a funny <laughs> character. So we have the four people from the RV. The person who um, was driving the car that took them off the road ends up dying because he's murdered by one of the colonists. Her name is Sarah. She's possessed. And she's kind of like, uh, I think also um, uh, Ethan might also be possessed. Mm -hmm. A few of these characters are just whack jobs. But she's like getting messages to like kill Ethan and stuff. So I know you've been talking about that, like at the monsters, but are there multiple monsters? Because you're talking about possession as well, like demons, or is it just these these one? The main monsters are just the ones that show up at night that look like they're humans and literally just walk at you talking to you. Okay, Mm -hmm. and that's what's creepy because it's it's not something like just a zombie. It's it's not something like just a vampire. Like we've gotten used to those ones. This is a nice little unique thing. It also reminds me of the returned because that was all about how people came back. But those people were actually the people. Those characters weren't there to kill you. But the ones that are walking up to people, they have to have some mind. I think they might be dead people. They might be people from the. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'm still very confused. Third episode, yeah, we discussed that. Frank's in the box. Julie chooses the colony house. And in the fourth episode, we sort of get a background on this character named Victor, who is kind of an old creepy dude who measures where the trees are. He's saying they're moving. He's actually been there the longest. He was out there by Mm -hmm. himself for long. We see the only flashbacks that occur in the whole entire show have been his as a kid. And um, he's connecting really well with uh, Ethan. However, his parents, Jim and Tabitha, obviously don't trust this creepy dude right he's even julia's had interactions with victor and she doesn't he draws with crayons he walks around with a lunchbox he's obviously like stuck in his childhood Mm -hmm. a little bit but he also knows what's going on he's by the end of the episode he's digging graves and saying i'm just preparing for next time like like he's seeing i know what's coming so there's there's so he so he's almost like a genius but also kind of like um broken in that way yeah there's a lot of tropes that sort of fall into that too because you have again the ravens that show up when they first get lost you have this dad's son angst or like family angst uh the sheriff obviously has a kid and he's stuck in colony house and and they don't have a great relationship you get the weirdos like victor you get the creepy kids 
um, like uh, like Ethan, and also there's a creepy kid that he sees that he calls his friend, sort of like the Omen, just standing outside and waving at him. Victor yeah. also knows who it is. He's like, "Is this the kid?" And he's like, "Yeah." But, um, <laughs> his cell phones don't work. Nightmares, hallucinations. Oh, the cell phone's not working. Always that that one always gets me because it's like I feel like if you would make a really good horror film if they just did. <laughs> yeah, but like, who would it call and at what time? Because it feels like this is out of place and out of time. Um, they might all be dead. They may have all had accidents and they're trying to figure out, like like the kid was saying, this is a quest to see if you do something good or bad. Then you have the soothsayers or prognosticators who are basically able to tell or see the future. And like everybody seems to have flashes of that. There's the other guy who was in the car, not the one who died because of Sarah killing him, but the other high guy. Right. And he, um, his name is Jade, I think. And when he finally wakes up in the third episode, because first time we see him he's just completely high as a kite and he's just he's in love with everybody by the time he wakes up and he's actually like aware of his reality he thinks he's in an escape room he thinks he's in westworld and that was a joy to see because it gave you time to see another exposition dump but in a way where it's like this guy is just such an asshole he doesn't realize that these people aren't all paid for his own entertainment right so he's walking around in these middle like frank is giving himself up giving his last like goodbyes to everyone and he's like oh this is hilarious oh, geez. <laughs> so, yeah, but but jade's character once he realizes what's going on he freaks he actually out. he freaks out but then he he like tries to figure out what to, like he's a software engineer so he hears the radio sometimes works so he grabs the radio and we don't see him again and he could actually get us some answers so mm-hmm. i i can't wait to see where that story goes uh why is this kid having seizures ethan he's having some connection with this place kind of like walt was <laughs> um <laughs> the box thing I understand for plot sake, it helped with Frank and it gave you an emotional story of him learning his lesson and then getting ripped apart. But like, I don't understand how anybody could live in that type of community and punish a guy for getting drunk and just not going home. Because yeah, in the right. end, he actually didn't do anything too terrible. If he had, Sarah murdered someone. It was an accident though, or it was an accident is what I mean to say, right? They're saying that every, that because he's part of a family, he should have been home. He should have been watching his kids, but that's not the reason his kid died <laughs> honestly it's not so i that was weird to like leaps in logic to understand that one julie who i think we're supposed to like is pretty short-sighted like she decides oh no i don't want to hang out with my parents anymore because they're getting a divorce and i and i get that and she's always sort of a, a rebel or jerk like I, mm-hmm. I she's mean to her brother or such but she's like found this commune and she has two friends and that's the only reason that she decided after one day to stay there instead of ever seeing her family again <laughs> and that seemed like and immediately she regretted it but now it seems like they're kind of winning her over anyways uh there's one cook for the whole community which doesn't make much sense to me like yeah, how is she supposed there. to how is she supposed to do as much as she does every single day it's taking a little bit of time to sympathize with all the characters. I'm getting a good sense of who Kenny is. I don't, and I'm getting a sense of the RV people. Who do you but sympathize just, with most? Oh, probably Christy, because like she was, she's like the medical person there. She's the EMT. So and, she's having to deal with all these people. Yeah, that's got to be a tough thing to be like the only doctor in town. But episode two, episode four, sorry, was just too much talking for me. I thought Tabitha first, Jim, Tabitha versus Julie. That's her daughter and her husband. Sheriff first preacher because they were having an argument about how Frank died. Uh, it just seemed like too much. It's the lowest rated on IMDb out of the four episodes. Yeah, it, it, there were parts that probably could have been skipped over that we didn't need to see. I learned that in episode four, apparently Victor is supposed to be kind of getting more unstable and delusional. 
No, well, he's not delusional because he does find that. So there's these trees out in the forest, and no one seems to be concerned about them except for him. And he shows that, like, if you find a tree with a big hole in it and you throw a rock into it, the rock is going to appear somewhere else. So, like, mm. this is a magical place. There's, oh, well, that explains probably why the monsters are able to, like, teleport or stuff like that. Well, I don't know if the monsters are teleporting, but out, between Victor and Sarah, Sarah is by far the more crazy one who you would want to avoid. However, Victor has a gun. Oh, okay, yeah, so, yeah, but could, could this episode be shown, or could this series be shown on regular cable? No, they say the F word all the time. But, like, except for that, like, violence-wise, it was supposed to be shown on YouTube Red in, like, 2018, but then it switched to Epics, which I feel like is almost a step up. Yeah, 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 big, yeah. bigger budget. It seems like the, I didn't watch it and say this is cheaply made because of where they are and because their like costumes don't have to be eccentric or anything, and they're just walking. Yeah, they they can spend the money on the actual CGI of of the villains. So and and Tabitha Matthews said that apparently, like her character, or sorry, Catalina Sandino Marina, who plays Tabitha Matthews, says that the town is almost saving her marriage. Does that yes. make more sense? Well, this was supposed to be their big blowout before they like told their kids that they were getting a divorce, which is kind of a weird way of going about it. But because, yes, they're trapped here, and uh, now they have to take care of Ethan by themselves, it's like there makes no sense to for them to get divorced, and they'll probably like recapture that love or that spark that they had originally. The title song is Quesara Sara, but they switched it from being about like a, a little girl to a little boy, and it's like in a very sad version of it. So if you had to rate the, the like show as a whole, what would you give it? Uh... So I think it has potential to be an eight, but right now it's probably still at a seven. Yeah, it has a 7.9 on IMDb, 91% I think on Rotten Tomatoes. Like an eight, I consider like, go watch it. Like it just, just do yourself a favor, go watch it, see if you like it. A seven right now, it's like this last couple episodes, um, they have their moments, but they don't hit that precipice where it's like, you just, this is something that is different enough and you're going to enjoy it. Like, I, I would feel weird recommending it uh, until I see where it So goes. you feel like it's not there yet, but it could be potential? Yeah, but I don't get that looming doubt of like, oh, no, they're not going to be able to explain things. I think there's a story that's being told here where I think the only reason we're getting those backflashes from Victor is because we're going to learn more and more about it. Mm-hmm. As I said before, some of the relationships so far, they feel uh, like they need some more work. Like, I'm not invested in really... Um, sheriff boyd and his son's relationship like i get that they also have his wife died so i think that's what split them apart and so we're going to get more of that i can already tell but i don't care the (laughs) preacher feels a lot like the walking dead guy where he's just there gabriel not like he's not like gabriel in any sense but he's just playing the preacher he's he's there to juxtapose rick (laughs) <laughs> you know yeah harold perineo died uh, again boyd stevens i found it funny apparently he gets like people yelling at him walt still just like yeah. out in the street almost like he, he yells in this episode he's trying to make friends with the rv family and the rv family is really concerned about the, their kids relationship with victor and stuff so they're like hey can you go talk to the colony people and tell them to like lay off and stop messing with their kid and uh and he's like yeah let's have let's have dinner at the diner <laughs> which always seems to have seats available, despite the fact that I think it's the only place you can eat. Um, and so, uh, yeah, he's looking in the mirror and he's like getting ready for dinner and then he just starts screaming. And I think that's just supposed to be like all the pain that he's going mm-hmm. through. It's got to suck to lead that town. I understand that. Although Jack Bender has worked on a lot of like sci-fi shows, he's also worked on things like The Sopranos and Game of Thrones and the Door episode. 
the one with Hodor and uh, Blood on My Blood, the mm-hmm. one afterwards. And like you were talking about, they kind of wanted to pay homage to the Twilight Zone, but more specific, more specifically, Rod Sterling. I know John Griffin said that originally he didn't want to actually cast Harold Perrineau as Boyd Stevens or anyone from Lost for that matter until the casting director kind of bought in his audition tape and was like, you might really want to reconsider. And that's how uh, Harold Perrineau ended up getting the job. Yeah, I, I think he's fine, and it's more a miracle that he survived the first episode because he's killed off so often in that first one. It was also good that like most of the other characters I didn't recognize, so it it, it, it made, didn't take you out of it. Yeah, Jay did remind me a lot of Ben um, Barnes from Westworld, the way that he like just thought everything was a joke. You know that sarcasm mm-hmm, yeah. he sort of even looks like him in a weird filtered version of him. But uh, but yeah, the show as a whole, I would say. I'm going to continue to watch, uh, and uh, I hope it gets uh, to the point where I can recommend it. RogerEbert.com called it an extremely watchable horror show. People seem yes, to really yes for horror it. shows. This is on the upper tier, but I'll say that though, like compared to, there's a lot of horror shows out there that are just dependent on like cheap thrills, and this isn't. If I had seen like uh, Bloom, was it Bloom House? Bumhouse, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Before the thing, I would have been disappointed. <laughs> but, th- but this is better than that. So the, yeah. Ho- the Hollywood Reporter praised the acting and said that it's tough to write off, but overall put it, fails to deliver and call this slow burn show. It's slow burn so far, but that doesn't mean it can't pay off. And Plus then, the actual deaths, and the, they're not they're not turning the camera away too much. You you see the people get torn up. Yeah, and then Joe Blow praised the scary moments, especially the pilots. I praise the scary moments. Yeah, so. Yes, but my name's not Joe Blow. <laughs> that's about all I have. They shot on the last week of May 2021, and then we're still adding people to the cast even as late as like July 2021 as well. But how, how do you do that? How do you shoot something and then add cast members post? Uh, for different episodes, I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, well, if that's it, then thanks for... Oh, what is the Lake of Tears? The kid keeps on talking about the Lake of Tears. I guess I'll be for the next time we talk. I also know the town was built from scratch. The oh, buildings cool. are real practical buildings, but yeah, they did actually build the town the way that they like kind of imagined Decrepit, it. Decrepit, like broken down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there aren't too many landmarks, but it's, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also this weird like uh, basement thing, kind of like what you see in Dark, where they just like open the doors and it's like a tornado chamber. And uh, that's where Jade saw a dead guy and we're going to figure out what's going on with and that. john griffin really wanted to keep the scripts nailed down like even harrow parent you would be like where is this exactly going he'd be asked that from the cast a million times and he just wouldn't answer <laughs> he, like he, he it's all in his brain basically all right well thanks for listening we'll see you on the next episode bye bye